Hello, and welcome to the Limitless Possibilities podcast, episode number 19. If you're a former listener or a continued listener, thank you very much for your continued support. If you haven't done it already, head on over to Apple or Spotify, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future episodes. And if you could, definitely leave a rating and review as that helps me a lot be able to spread the limitless message. If you're a new listener, thank you very much for being here and I look forward to you being part of the LPP family as we move forward. I hope you guys are all having a great week. You've been able to find something to mentally relax, whether it be some of the breathing or the journaling, whether it be meditation, or just by finding a good book that you've been able to dive into, whether it's been one of the ones that I've recommended or just something that you've come on to in passing that you've been able to find. I recently dove into a new book that I'm incredibly excited is The 5am Club by Robin Sharma. I'm super excited to be able to give you guys a full review once I get that all done. But for the moment, I will say the first 150 pages were very invigorating and I wasn't able to put it down until I had life things that made me put it down. So definitely, if you're looking for something to maybe spark some interest or to kind of change your mindset from what I've read so far, I would highly recommend that. If you want to pick that up, check out the show links or the show notes, and there will be a link in there to the book. You can head on over to Amazon and pick that up. As well, definitely be able to make sure that you're hydrating yourself and making sure that you're on top of that because it's so important if we're mentally fatigued, physically fatigued, oftentimes it can be related to dehydration. So please stay on top of that. The other thing that I've really kind of delved more into is whether it be with books or whether it be with podcasts or whether it be just conversation with my friends. Oftentimes, as human beings, we want to believe everything that we're hearing is true. We want to believe that everything that is being told to us is really factual or very matter of fact. And one thing that I've really noticed through the multiple podcasting networks that I've connected with, the people that I've connected with through the podcasting, the books that I've read, or some of the articles that I've read, is sometimes there's a lot of conflicting information. And I know if you're a listener, you're looking at and shaking your head going, I know this, but I'm saying this because I think it's very important to understand both sides of the conversation. Take the information that you're looking at and come up with your own thoughts and your own beliefs, because oftentimes we're not able to construct that and we're guided by other people's thoughts, beliefs, and sometimes it takes us into strange areas. And I lead into this today because today's interview is with Jeremy Wolf, and he created an organization called More Than Baseball, founded on the fact of bringing light to some of the behind the scenes things with minor league baseball, behind the scenes with professional baseball that maybe we don't sometimes know about. Yes, of course, being a professional athlete is an amazing thing, and I've been able to personally do it as well, but there are some things that we don't necessarily know about, and he really dives into kind of the behind the scenes, whether it be sacrificing nutrition, sacrificing sleep, whether it be sacrificing comfort, mental health, different things. He really touches on all the key points that whether we're a professional athlete, we're a business person, an entrepreneur, a teacher, a firefighter any occupation in the entire world, or just a being a human being, really, so to say, all of those things are so important. And so one thing that I really respect about the organization that they're doing is they're bringing light to this, but not only are they bringing light to it, they're opening avenues for some of these young men to be able to connect with people that help them maybe feel more comfortable, confident, be more nutritiously taken care of. 
as well as being able to take care of their sleep, being able to take care of their mental health, being able to just take care of themselves. And it's such a huge thing because like anything we do in life, there's going to have to be sacrifices. But at what point is that sacrifice worth your mental health, physical health, things like that? So definitely listen to the interview today. I'm very excited to hear what you guys think. I'm really excited for the message of this to get out because not only is it a great organization for baseball, but it's just a great organization to be able to give back to people. It's really what I started this podcast for. And it's one of the big reasons why I'm still so driven to do this is there are so many amazing people with stories. Jeremy was a guy that played professional baseball. He saw some of the darker sides and he thought to himself, okay, how can I help others? He wasn't in it for self-sufficient or self-fulfilling he just went, you know what, I'm going to take this opportunity I have, ride it out as long as I can. And when it does come into an end, and inevitably every professional sports athletic career is going to come to an end at some point, when mine comes to an end, I'm going to give back and help others or bring light to some of those things. So I really appreciate that a lot. And I think that's something all of us can strive to do. I know I've consciously tried to make an effort to give back more, whether it be through the podcasting whether it be through some of the podcasting networks that I've done or just making little small donations to different foundations that I really believe in. Today's episode is brought to you by Team Omai Apparel. You can check them out at Team Omai. It's T-E-A-M-O-H-M-Y.com. Their slogan is Out Hustle My Yesterday. That's the acronym that builds up Omai. Definitely check them out. I know if you're a former listener, you've heard me talk about it, but I recommend you checking them out because they're very comfortable. I wear them every single time I go to the gym, whether it be doing the rehab for my knee, whether it be just getting a workout in, doing a cardio session, as well as I check them out and I wear them for post-workout apparel, just casually walking around the town or doing whatever I'm able to do. So definitely check them out. And when you do, use the code LIMITLESS, be able to save 15%. Tell Duncan I said hello and I sent you over. He'll definitely hook you up. Without further ado, I'll send you over to Jeremy Wolf's interview, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear this. I'll catch you on the other side. All right, our next guest on the Limitless Possibilities podcast is originally from Scottsdale, Arizona. He's a Trinity University graduate. He was the 2016 D3 National Player of the Year, well on the road of winning a national championship. He's a 31st round draft pick to the New York Mets in 2016. Current Team Israel Men's Baseball Club team member, and he's the founder of More Than Baseball. Welcome to the show, Jeremy Wolf. Thank you so much for having me, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So obviously with everything going on, being crazy, uh, what have you kind of been doing to keep yourself busy? So with More Than Baseball, we, uh, we help minor league baseball players get housing, food, equipment, career services, financial guidance, mental health coaching, nutrition coaching, strength and conditioning help because minor leaguers don't necessarily have a good structure for them to develop. Um, And so daily, we just make sure that first and foremost, these guys have, frankly, not a lot of support from their major league teams. They're getting paid $400 a week. Some of the teams are actually upset about this because players have already made more than they were to have made this entire season. So some of the payments are starting to stop. Um, And it's unfortunate that I have to exist in this space. And I'm very lucky to, and I'm very, I'm very thankful for how we've spoken about baseball. If you love baseball, you love what we're doing for baseball. Mm-hmm. You love us. Uh, and so we're just trying to um, 
we're trying to bridge the gap between what's the what's what's wrong in baseball which is yes the low pay but it's the environment in which they play it's the culture it's the it's built on fear and we try to show that these guys have value either personally in their networks right they can coach and they can we can help them set up camps and we can help them make money in the off season we can help them you know with their finances and we can help them with everything right but and then it comes back down to their whole point in this environment is to develop properly and the way things are in this environment they're not capable of and so we do things on a daily basis that kind of set us up to uh, work within the system to fix the system. So right now we're talking to a few big league clubs who want to talk to us about uh, what to do next year and what to do in the offseason to prepare their guys for next year. And then we're talking to some minor league clubs on how to best bring out the, uh, you know, their, the community to help support the players. And, and so we're just trying to build a better culture around baseball. And a very, I think we do a really good job at, at storytelling and, and making sure that people understand what it is we do. Yeah, and to run right off of that, like you said, there is a ingrained culture that a lot of people don't see because on the surface, everybody sees a oh, professional athlete. These guys are probably living luxurious. They're you know, staying in these fine hotels. They're you know, living like kings. They're all driving sports cars when in reality, as you said, that's not how it is. So what you guys are doing is amazing. I mean, you're essentially giving back and helping people have what essentially you didn't have, correct? Yeah, I was, I was a 31st round pick out of a Division three school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as a college senior, you're not going to get much money. As a Division three college senior, <laughs> right. you know, national championship or not, like national player of the year or not, you're not going to get money because there's no reason you're going to do it anyway. You have no bargaining power. You have no leverage. Right. Uh, even in minor league baseball, you don't you don't have much much leverage because um, you know it's 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 interesting that the system doesn't support the growth of ball players um, as it's as advertised, right? So mm-hmm. you know of the hundred percent of major league of minor league ball players, less than ten percent are going to make it to the major leagues. Of that ten percent, it's majority first through tenth rounders, and then mm-hmm. of that percent. Right, it's majority first through fifth rounders, and obviously majority first rounders. So, like, there are thousands of guys who are never going to have the opportunity to make it to the major leagues in this current system. Mm-hmm. Now, there are going to be less teams. There's going to be less draft picks over the next um, however many years. Um, it's interesting the way that Major League Baseball responds to all of the strife between the fans and the writers who are saying stuff and then the nonprofits who are trying to do stuff in this space, instead of working collaboratively, it's, Oh, you want it to be better? Well, let's cut players. And so like, sure. Um, well, we have to continue to just kind of roll with the punches and make sure like the guys that transition out have are protected, right. Mm-hmm. Have opportunities after they're done playing, but then make sure that while, um, you know, while they are playing, they have the opportunity to develop a life outside of baseball so they can transition into something. And so mm-hmm. you can look at what we do as a way to help them during their career, right? By helping them get a mattress or helping them find, you know, mental health coaching or help them find nutrition help. Uh, Cause he's not eating correctly. Cause he's not being right. paid enough to, yeah. know, he's not being fed correctly after games. And so um, all of that can help us help this kid on the field. 
And then if you build a culture of him on the field, he'll trust you. He'll work with you. He'll understand that, oh, there's a life outside of baseball. Let me prepare myself. Let me find things that I enjoy. Let me prepare myself for what I do off the field. Um, and so when guys were to get released, there were a thousand guys that just got released like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And we're able to take them in, help them financially, and then help them transition into something that will work for them so that we can help them build a resume, we can help them build a LinkedIn and use baseball as a tool for personal development and not as a detriment to like a career. We don't want guys to be 28 with nothing on their resume anymore. We want guys to be 28 who already have a master's degree, who played six years of professional baseball, who, yeah, didn't make a lot of money over that time, but are able to jump something and be just as impactful in a business as he was on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to kind of talk about what you're saying there too, I think what you guys are doing is you're bridging that gap between the the darker space of baseball that maybe a lot of people didn't know existed where it has been, as you said, really shown the light of a lot of the organizations maybe didn't necessarily realize how poorly some of it was being treating, but then when they got called on it and that's when all of a sudden they just cut losses, right? They went, no, we don't need to deal with this. So what you guys are doing and you're helping, as you said, people bridge that gap between the unknown and okay, here's what's next. I think that's amazing. Yeah. And so like for us, you know, we want to work with every team. We want to work with every, um, every minor league club. We want to work with major league baseball. We want to work with the players association to build the best environment possible for these guys to succeed. Happy employees perform better at their job. Therefore happy ball players will will hit better happy ball players will stay healthier and you a 13th round pick who has a however much chance to make it to the big leagues if he has everything at his disposal for him to then just focus on his performance and development he will perform better at his job if he doesn't have to worry about where his next meal is going to come from if he doesn't have to worry about um you know, trying to find a mattress or trying to find housing going into a season. He can focus more of his time on what's going to make him successful. And so when we look at success versus not success in minor league baseball, it's built on the ability to pay for things, right? Mm -hmm. It's built on the ability to um, stay healthy, but it's built on the ability to focus on your performance and development. And so over a four-year period, average minor league career is four and a half years. And so over that time, if this player can, right now in this current system, it's, it's, it's harder for him to develop into a major league caliber player. But if he's able to focus more of his time on the development, yeah. he'll be able to become a piece that that major league team can use to either extend a championship window, create a championship window, use them in the big leagues, trade them away for pieces. These guys are, yes, they are tools for major league clubs to win games. Yes, they are pieces that major league teams use. Um, But let's, let's take a step back and understand what can we do to help them develop so that they become better ball players and therefore become better assets. And so all of this combined is all related back to if you allow that player the opportunity to focus on his sleep and his recovery and his whatever instead of the extraneous um, problems in minor league baseball, you're going to have a better asset on the field at any level. And so as a nonprofit, 
more than baseball is able to work in this space and have people understand that concept. Because we don't, if you look at our website, we don't, we know that doubling their pay won't do anything. Right now, the average minor league player makes $7,000 a year, right? So if, if we go pay them more, pay them more, and Major League Baseball goes, okay, let's double it, <laughs> that's not going to do anything. It's more than just paying them more. Right. It's providing them an environment that's built for them to succeed and their, the, the ability for them to succeed. And the, the, given their, um, if they have the ability to uh, understand that it's all based on, on what happens on the field and shouldn't be based on what happens off the field in terms of that recovery and development, right. then you're going to have better players. You're going to have more competition and you're going to have a better major league product because of it. And so we just see it as a no brainer to bring in all of these resources and tools for major league baseball for the players to use, to help these guys, three hits, three hits between 12 out of 50 and 15 out of 50 is a difference between hitting 240 and 300. Mm -hmm. Three hits is a difference between 240 and 300. (laughs) Three hits is the difference between below average and above average right and guys are afraid i know for a fact because i was one of them to swing at an inside pitch because we only had two bats left and we didn't want to break them right and so if we take away the the problems around minor league baseball you're gonna have better players more confident players and then you're going to be able to transition them as an employer they're going to be able to transition them into other fields, right? And why, why, does, why does transitioning them into uh, life outside of baseball matter? It's because when you're in a locker room and you go, man, Jimmy Lipper just got cut. I, I can't, he's going to go into nothing. I can't believe like, you know, he thought he was going to make the big leagues, you know, or like he was a 20th round pick. He didn't have a signing bonus. And now he has, he's just going to go live at home and, you know, work at Target or Walmart. Right. He's not going to have anything to jump into. Like, I don't want to be that. When you have a culture of guys that are afraid of what's next, mm-hmm. you're not building a culture that's, that's keen on their, on their psyche, on their mental health, because it becomes life and death. Mm-hmm. And when it becomes life and death, guys lose sight, and I was one of them, lose sight of what's actually important. And so if, if you are focusing 100% of your time on being a professional baseball player. And I know we've said, you know, focus your time on being a professional, but that also means being able to get away from the game. Right. But when the team says you are this, uh, you you have to focus on baseball 24 seven, you can't have a hobby. You can't go get a job in the off season. You can't do whatever. It, It gives guys the knowing that it's life and death puts more pressure on 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 their performance and i for me it was life and death because i felt like i was going to get cut every single time i walked on the field right so it's like i had to do something i had to hit a home run today i had to do i had to i put so much pressure on that performance aspect of it if i knew that i was going to have a a career or a job or something lined up for me after i was done it, it wouldn't take the pressure away but it would allow me to detach from the game when I right. went to bed at night, right? Mm-hmm. All I would do is think about how I didn't swing at that pitch or how, how, I, how I struck out or how I grounded out and lost the game or made an error 
And if I have something else that I'm passionate about away from the field, it'll just increase my passion on the field, right. which just increases the happiness that I'm going to have. And it'll increase everyone's well-being when we get to kind of understand, yes, minor league baseball, playing professional baseball is a dream come true. Mm-hmm. We're incredibly thankful for the opportunity, but we want to have, and we want to have all the success in the world, but at a certain point for us as players, we need to be in the best environment possible for us to succeed. And that mm-hmm. means on and off the field. And in minor league baseball, the norm is eight guys to an apartment sleeping on air mattresses, yeah. um, you know, not eating well. And, and that's, some people still see that as a rite of passage and I just see it as a flaw in player development. Yeah, of course. And, and the anxiety loop, essentially what you were talking about where, you know, you're so concerned about going to the field and essentially failing where in baseball, you have to embrace failing, right? You're not going to succeed every single time at the plate. But if that anxiety is emphasized by, like you said, not knowing, okay, if I get cut, what the hell am I going to do? Where am I going to go? You know, what is, what is next? It causes deep depression for some guys. It causes huge anxiety loops. I've seen it. You don't you're talking about multiple people in an apartment playing independent ball. You know, you have guys living in an apartment where there's some guys that aren't eating. They won't say anything, but you know, they'll ask because they maybe don't have the financial support from home. So when you guys are helping out, I think it's incredibly admirable what you guys are doing. I think the common knowledge is starting to open up a lot more of that culture and you guys are kind of breaking those barriers down. I think it's absolutely amazing, man. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. It's been, it's, it's been really fun to see that the, the way people talk about this change over two years. We started this the day the Save America's Pastime Act came out. Uh, myself, uh, Slade Heathcott, a former New York Yankee, first rounder, 10-year minor leaguer, and then mm-hmm. Simon Rosenblum Larson jumped in a few months later, uh, who is a junior draft pick out of Harvard, uh, is currently in like high A with the Rays. Uh, nasty like side armor. Right? <laughs> and so we've, we work day in and day out building the best environment possible for, for baseball to thrive in. Because as a nonprofit, we're able to work in the community. We're able to help bring equipment to fields and people that want it. Like uh, I just got a call from uh, a kid, a 17 year old kid who runs a, uh, his baseball field, you know, like a dirt patch with some bases in Cameroon. And we're trying to help Venezuelans and we're trying to help Dominicans and we're trying to help Puerto Ricans and Americans who want to play the game. And so over the last two years, we've seen the tides change in people talking about minor league baseball and understanding, especially now, especially how they're, they're not being supported. There's no season there. They're, they're making $400 a week until mm-hmm. uh, we think July 1st. And then some teams might extend uh, some teams will, um, but some teams won't. And so some of those guys are just not going to have ability to work. There's not going to be, <laughs> there's not going to be a lot of jobs for them to go get. Right. Nobody's going out right now. Um, and they're not being paid by their organization who they have to be 150% ready for by next season. And so right. if we look at this as a, as a job for them, if we look at this as like, uh, you know, as, 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 
as a place for them to uh, develop, uh, how are they able to develop when there's nothing put in place to help them succeed? And as simple as that, we're just trying to be that place that these players can go to, to, mm-hmm. to find a bit of relief. And it's, it's, that, it's that simple. I want to make sure my friends have all the equipment, all the tools, all the food necessary to become major league baseball players. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And it can be that simple. And there doesn't have to be animosity and there doesn't have to be anything else towards it because uh, it's a simple concept. If I, I, like, if I invest in a stock, I want that stock to have as much ability, as, ability possible to, um, to prosper, mm-hmm. right? I'm not putting money into something I don't think is going to succeed. Of course. These players are not being paid and drafted and brought in if the teams don't believe that they have the opportunity to be big leaguers. So even me as a 31st rounder, someone thought I can make the major leagues. Right. And I wish I had every tool at my disposal to do that. Like I got injured. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had a herniated disc in my back and, and that ended my career. Uh, but even before then, like I had to pay for my own equipment, right? You know, I had to pay for And that took to struggle that severely with money at a, a very young age. Cause I was 22. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm 26 and I still don't have as much money as I would have wanted. Yeah. But at, when you, when you understand the daily struggle of these players, you you just feel for them and right. yes you can say oh boohoo go get a job at target like i have a job like you shouldn't be upset playing professional baseball uh, it's not that easy mm-hmm. uh, and i think the people who support us and the people who understand it know how difficult it is and therefore supporting more than baseball or supporting this minor leaguer or you know adopting a minor leaguer or uh, giving to one of our many many programs the puerto rico food bank program the dominican food bank program uh, the player grant program all the stuff we have set up just proves we just want baseball fans right so i have the ability to make baseball a better more welcoming understanding loving place and more than baseball gives me the opportunity to to do that Mm-hmm. Well, and I would just to run off of that too, I would even say that by you helping players not have the anxiety or the stress of maybe not knowing where the meals are coming from or paying for their equipment. So, you know, they have $5 in their account because they need a new bat or they need new cleats or anything like that. Adversely, they're going to be more welcoming, as you said, to the outside influences. If they're not anxious or angry, they're going to be more welcoming to fans, which is going to bring in more attraction. So, really, in a, in a roundabout way, you guys are bridging that gap that's going to help baseball grow and especially right now i mean as you said it's such a vital time because baseball's going through a lot of turmoil in a lot of different ways people aren't able to play so by being able to shed light on that and help those guys i think it's only going to help the game grow yeah and so if we want more fans because mm-hmm. fans right now what they see about minor league baseball is they see it's a fun inviting atmosphere to go watch a game of course and which it is. It absolutely is. 40 yeah. million people went to see a minor league game in 2019. Right. Uh, that's more than the NBA and the NFL. Yeah. Given the amount of teams, the amount of games, et cetera. But there are millions of people going to watch minor league baseball. But then the average fan, the average fan thinks minor league baseball players are these 
hot commodities and they're all driving Lexuses and they're all, yeah. they're all making a ton of money. And I, what, and what I know is that once they realize how bad it is, their love for baseball goes away. Yeah. Their romanticism about baseball goes, it takes a hit. And if, and if baseball wants to continue to prosper mm-hmm. and if it wants to continue to be a sport that kids want to play, it has to keep up with the times. Yeah. The, the times are changing in professional sports where there is more focus on the athletes and there is more individuality. And, and frankly, baseball, I, want, I am doing what I can to make sure baseball keeps up. Right. Because I love baseball. It, gives me, it gave me everything. It gave me all my friends. It really did. It gave me all my friends. It gave me all my friends. It gave me uh, the opportunity to represent Israel in the Olympics. It gave me uh, Israeli citizenship. It gave me a college degree. It gave me all of these amazing experiences. And I want the players in this game to have those same opportunities. Mm-hmm. And so when I see like schools cutting their baseball team, that hurts. And when I see, um, you know, minor league players getting cut, that hurts because I know that they're going to be less guys who have the same opportunity as me right? And, and our team more than baseball and, and the people who support us and everybody who likes what we do, they want the same thing for baseball. And that's to have it still be a, a place um, to, to, to learn about life, right. Mm-hmm. To learn those romantic things about baseball. And so when you see, um, when you see, NFL and NBA just thriving, right. right? Maybe not. Maybe not now. You know, right? Of course, we, yeah. No, the current who knows what's happening different. Now. Yeah, of course. But when they they are thriving, revenue is going up every year. Um, the the players are being paid and supported. The um, owners are happy. Um, in Major League Baseball revenue has gone up because of massive TV contracts, mm-hmm. but because of so many players, there's just so much that can go wrong and what can go wrong has gone wrong in a way that is just a PR. I wouldn't say it's a PR nightmare for major league baseball to have to continue to deal with, but it's just another headache. Yeah. Right. So instead of just putting patches on, on the whole, like we are the real solution mm-hmm. uh, to making sure that this animosity and these struggles don't happen anymore. Right. And we have to make sure that we keep that in mind where if someone gives us, if a major league team gives us the opportunity to go, to come in and assess what they do to ideate on what we can fix and to implement changes it's a copycat league. And if somebody brings us in to help create a better culture and help these players and help these players develop and be happier and everyone will be happier because of it. It's a no brainer. Um, We hope that five teams do it. We hope that 20 teams do it. And we hope that the whole league does it. Mm -hmm. And that would be, that would be the ultimate way to, um, to kind of combat everything we've heard from the cuts to, um, the animosity between minor league baseball, major league baseball to the strife between ownership groups to whatever. If we finally create an environment where players are, um, are able to succeed, 
it'll just open up so many doors and avenues to to more to more success and to more revenue and to more happiness and to more whatever and we know that it's as simple it's as simple as as that right yeah the trickle down effect i think as you said you, you know you see the initiation phase happen and everybody just cut follows along copies along so i definitely i think as i said earlier too i think what you guys are doing once you're able to break in it will just snowball hopefully i'm really hoping as well and i'm 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 thrilled thrilled with the the where we are right now mm-hmm. like adam wainwright's given two hundred fifty thousand dollars. the players association is supportive of what we do uh daniel murphy has given a hundred thousand dollars um you know we've given out we've raised over seven hundred thousand dollars and we've given out uh, in our player grant program um you know guys will get money based on need and priority uh signing bonus years played children etc yeah. uh, we've given out close to three hundred and fifty thousand of that so far uh, that's a really big deal mm-hmm. uh, in this environment. If, if we weren't here, I couldn't imagine what guys would be going through right now. Yeah, you know, I couldn't imagine. I, there's a place they can where they can go to finally have a bit of relief and know that there's something for them with guys and a system that's set up for them to succeed. And I'm incredibly happy with the success that we've had uh and i know that uh this is just it's it's just the beginning of of the possibilities of making baseball a more welcoming inviting fun exciting place right so when for a lot of people to understand obviously you guys are helping out with housing food equipment what are the organizations that maybe you're working with the closest to do that? Cause obviously in different regions throughout the United States, there is minor league baseball. Every area doesn't necessarily have one particular organization that's in all of them. Have you been able to within the majority of the regions connect with local or is it just a national brand that you're connecting with or how are you guys going about that? Local's tougher, especially because there is no season right now. Right. So it's hard to get people interested in, in, you know, hey, when minor leaguers do come, like, can you give a discount to guys who come into your restaurant, et cetera? But um, we're trying to set up, we're trying to set up a network of, of sponsors. Like Burnman Bats is a is a partner, a friend of ours, and they give their bats at a discount um, to players. It's, a, it's like a fifty percent discount from mm-hmm. from MSRP, right? So um, we make sure that we're bringing in people who love baseball who want baseball to succeed we have elements nutrition they give their food at a steep discount uh it's like freeze-dried macronutrient all you do is just get um boiling water into the bag you shake it up you let it sit for six minutes and then it's perfectly Mm -hmm. cooked really good that like good food for you um and so instead of guys spending twelve dollars at mcdonald's to try to fill up right we have this food available for them and um, so they'll be able to purchase in bulk and have that at their disposal. Uh, clean athlete gives sixty percent off of their protein. Uh, they're NSF certified there, um, and they wanted to make sure that their product got to minor league baseball players. So there are so many people in this environment that just want to make sure that their product it helps them. Their product mm-hmm. gets to people who are going to use it. Professional athletes, the thought leaders in their communities. It's gonna if they put it on social media, it's gonna blow up. It's gonna do whatever. It's, these guys are valuable. Yeah, and we're showing them that they're valuable. Like when I was playing, uh, there were times where uh, 
I, there was just not enough food after games. And I was like, like this sucks. Like yeah. I'm going to email beef jerky companies and peanut butter companies and any company I can figure out and say, hi, I'm a professional baseball player. Uh, I love your product. I can't afford to, to buy it. Uh, would you be willing to help us? And they say, yeah, just share it on social media. Right. Why would they do that? Because I'm a professional athlete. Yeah. And so I have, I have a, the, the common folk goes, oh, he's a professional baseball player. The baseball folk goes, oh, he's just a minor leaguer. Of course. But the fan goes, oh my God, that guy's using this, then I'm going to use this. And then they use it and someone else is using it. And so like, that's the value of what that these guys have. And so there are so many companies who, who we've spoken to and that are jumping into the organization because of the... A, the community aspect of it. Let's put on a camp or clinic and have you part of it. But these professional athletes are going to use your product and mm. 10% of them are going to make the major leagues. And so if you help 100 guys, 10 of them are going to make the major leagues and your product is going to be used by a major leaguer. So do you want to take that investment now when it's however much to, to, to buy into their, to their system or do you want to wait until he's a big leaguer and then it's going to cost you even more? Right. Do you want to be with him from the beginning or do you want to be with him, uh, you know, once he's finally there? Some companies can afford to do it when they're there, but some guys, some companies go, yeah, I really want to help. Uh, let's, let's definitely help. Let's definitely help them now, get our product to them and then they can help support us and it's a trade-off. And so I, I would like, I would love actually, um, I, a, once you sign into more than baseball, you get an ID card and it has all of the, the restaurants or the companies mm-hmm. that, and you just type in the code. Right. And I, I, I would love that because if we have a discount at Adidas and we have a discount at um, IHOP, you know, the guys are going to need that. Right. So instead of paying, like, let's use their value as a minor league baseball player and help them. If they can save on a meal, if they can save $6 on a meal, what can they put that to? They can put that towards better food uh, at another time. And it just will trickle down into, he'll have the ability to focus more on his performance. And it's all related back to how can I get this kid to have three more hits a month? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> how can course. I get this kid one more hit a week? <laughs> yeah. That's the difference between really good and really bad. Yeah. So it's that, it's that simple. And so, especially obviously focusing on guys that are going through the grind, so to say, and guys that maybe are on the verge of maybe coming to the end of their career. If somebody abruptly has an injury, like say like yourself, or you had to herniate a disc, are you guys helping them find medical help or helping them find positional, say somebody has an injury and they're not sure what kind of recovery program they're going through. Have you guys teamed up any, anybody to help with that kind of stuff? So when it comes to, if it happens on the field, mm-hmm. the players have insurance. Right. And the players are covered and taken care of. It's a difficult process to work with people within the organization. Like there, I, when I got injured, I got injured with two weeks left in the season. They were going on a six game road trip and I herniated a disc in my back. And the only person that can help me was in Vermont. Mm-hmm. And so I had to do all of this stuff myself and I couldn't sleep and I couldn't eat and I couldn't, um, I couldn't go to the doctor and I couldn't do any of the things I needed to do because a, my trainer wasn't there, the person who was supposed to help me. And then B, I was on my own in New York city. 
Right. And uh, I wish I had a place to call. Like if a player, if, same situation. If I had the opportunity to call somebody who could help me, that person would yeah. probably do what they can to help me or at least set it up or at least, you know, Hey, you need to go here, here and here. And then you need to have this paperwork and whatever. But I, I was afraid to call people within the Mets organization, uh, not because I didn't like them. And I'm obviously like, I'm still close with a lot of them. And, um, you know, and, and, but I was afraid because I'm not going to tell the head of scouting, Hey, uh, my, I can't walk. Can someone help me? It's, right. I'm on my own. And the only person who could help me, the trainer wasn't there. And so we got it all figured out. Like the, the, the surgery was taken care of uh, because it happened on the field and insurance covered it and whatever. And I got 12 weeks of physical therapy when I came home, but say it, I get injured uh, training mm-hmm. in the off season. If you can't prove it, insurance isn't going to cover it. Of course. And then, then what? Kid's not gonna. Have, kid doesn't have. There's no. There's not. There's no universal health care. So yeah. he doesn't have insurance. His insurance is tied into his job, and because his job only says your insurance, you can get on the field because you were training. You can't. So what happens there? You know, we can assist if it's a medical expense. We can try to help him with a medical expense. Mm-hmm. If it's physical therapy, we can get him access to physical therapy there are so many people who I've just reached out and said, like, I, I'm a physical therapist. Like I'd love to work with some of your players. So there's this whole environment just being built that of brands, especially and, and baseball fans who want to help the players. Um, and, and like, like, again, I get, I get it from major league baseball side. If you don't have to support your players, you're not going to financially. Yeah. Yeah. Financially. If, if you want to put X amount of resources into your big leaguers and whatever, and leave all of these guys behind, which is what's happening. Like this stuff is going to happen. Mm-hmm. What I say in response to that is, okay, you're going to spend X amount of resources on your big leaguers. You can have this much left over for minor leaguers, but let's maximize that for minor leaguers and make sure they have everything they need to succeed. Yeah, And it's just, it's not even rebudgeting or reallocating. It's just refocusing on what actually matters. And so if we can take the same amount of money that they spend on X, Y, and Z because they think it works and make sure that they have enough protein, enough good food, enough um, to, to find a good mattress and make sure that their housing is set up. Um, yes, if you're going to make guys pay 10, play you know, I paid $250 a month for housing. Mm-hmm. Some guys pay 400. Some guys who got signing bonuses pay a thousand because they right. can. Like if housing was provided for them, mm-hmm. you're still going to take some away from them, you know, in yeah. their paycheck, like it's fine. You know, but if, if all of that stuff is very, if it's easy to use, guys will again, have more time have more thought space and have more uh, energy and have more excitement towards performing at their job. Instead of looking at everything that's wrong, they're going to start looking at, they're going to just re it's going to reshape their mind. And it's just, it's just reshaping the environment and that'll bring out the most success in, in these guys. 
So when you're talking about the the mental side too, what are some of the the main components of helping guys with the mental game? Have you guys hooked them up with um, meditation apps or have you hooked them up with mental coaches or what are the, what are the streamlines for that? As you said, to kind of get that mental clarity for a lot of the guys. Yeah. So in, in minor league baseball guys are, I was at least, and I know a handful of guys don't want to talk to their mental skills coach if there is one on their team because mm. if they say something or if they're going through something, they can't trust that it's going to stay with that coach. Of course. And so you have an environment that's already – you can't go to your teammate because your teammate's going to just use that against you or uh, he doesn't want what's best for you unless you're friends, unless you're close friends. Right. but it's not an environment that's built for team success or winning support, doesn't matter right? yeah, yeah. or support. So why would I want the outfielder to do well today because mm-hmm. we win? No, because if he does well, he's going to get moved up. And so if I do well, I would hope to get moved up, but he's going to hope I don't do well. So he gets moved up instead of me. Right. So what about if he, you know, in this environment, you get, a bonus for making the all-star game. You don't get a bonus for making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And so my best friends were pitchers because pitchers weren't necessarily going to take a spot away from me like a hitter would. Right. And so I would talk to pitchers and try to understand like how pitchers think and what are they going to throw in this situation and try to find tendencies between all of these guys that would help me be more successful. Um, they were also, you know, they're pitchers, so they're not athletes. And so I felt very comfortable with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are going to get mad at me for that, but whatever. And so when, when I look at from the, you know, a bird's eye view of the environment, I see a guy like me who needed a bunch of help with mental health, calm and headspace weren't big enough yet, but calm and headspace don't have sports focused. Directed. Yeah, of course. Which there needs to be a resource for that. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I can use a meditation app and that'll help me focus my breathing, but for what purpose? Right. You know, I can go on YouTube and watch what LeBron does, or mm-hmm. I can watch that old Evan Longoria piece him and Ken Revisa were talking about watching the foul pole and doing your breathing. And, and that's good, but there was no resource for me to directly connect with the questions that I had about mental health and playing professional baseball. And so we're bringing in a team of sports psychologists, uh, one family psychologist, uh, two sports psychologists, uh, one financial psychologist, and then three former player mentors um, to, we're going to like talk to our guys who want to participate and then be able to bring them to the right facilitator to make sure that he's getting the right, um, Right, coach. Mm-hmm. Right. If this guy goes, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. I just like I don't make much money, and and I'm just struggling to have the desire because you know I I have so much struggle financially, or I just lost a hundred thousand dollars, or whatever. Well, boom, financial psychologist there for him. Right. I have three kids. My wife, I think my wife cheated on me. I I don't want to be away from. I, I just I need a something to, somebody to help me with my family life financial or family psychologist. Mm-hmm. We have three former players who were able to take us under their wing. We have a psychiatrist in case we desperately need a guy desperately needs something. Mm-hmm. So we have that in case this player isn't comfortable with his 
mental health staff member. Yeah. He, he might, he might be, but I know that, I know that some teams have three mental health coaches for 180 plus players. Mm-hmm. So if we do some quick math, of course, one right coach, there. one coach can't take care of 60 guys in the way that he would want to. And I like talking to mental health coaches who are on professional baseball and professional baseball organizations because they're there for the right reasons. Right. They're not there to get to the big leagues, even though they'd like to be. Their job is to help players. I can't go to my hitting coach because he doesn't care about me. He wants me to perform better so that he looks better so that he gets to the big leagues. Right. And so you have this environment that's already not built on winning. It's already not built on um, teamwork. It's not built on having a good locker room. It's built on if you go four for four and lose, that's better than going 0 for four and winning. Right. And so what does that do to a person who's growing up in this game, who's 21, 22, or even a high school kid, 18, 19, 20, in an environment where he goes, I have to look out for myself. That just is a detriment right off the bat. Yeah. Because he's not able to be, he's not able to look at baseball the way that baseball was intended. Baseball is intended to be a team game that's all about winning. And if you can focus your time on winning, you're going to play better. Yeah. And in baseball, if you focus your time on, I have to hit a home run today, I have to do this or I lose my job, I have to do this or I won't be successful then you're not playing baseball for the right reasons. You're not playing baseball for the reason that you started to play baseball. I have a, re- a good friend of mine um, had a very high signing bonus, got to the major leagues very, you know, in four or five years, um, up and down in the major leagues, 40-man roster, you know, a 4A guy. Uh, I go, do you feel successful? And he said, no. He goes, he goes to me, do you feel successful? I go, absolutely. I'm on an Olympic team. I was national player of the year. won a national championship. I was drafted. That was my goal is to get drafted. Mm-hmm. I played two years in minor league baseball and I was out. He was a second round pick, made however much money, got to the major leagues, and he sees himself as not successful. And for him, the definition of success is if I'm an everyday big leaguer, I will have a successful baseball career. Right. So every time he goes on the field, he has to prove that to himself and is trying to impress people rather than just playing for fun. Mm-hmm. He saw himself as a success. He would be able to focus more of his time and energy on, on what makes him successful. But he's doing it because he needs to prove something. And that might motivate him. Uh, but the way I see it that's not a healthy environment for the development of this, of this player. Right. And well, and, yeah. And kind of, well, exactly what you just talked about there too. It's a tough thing when in your old locker room, you're unsure who you can trust, even, you know, in the coaching staff or anything like that. Right. And right. If you're again, you know, as you said, you're a 21, 22 year old kid that's just coming out of college and you're in a totally different state, you're in a totally different part of the country, you obviously don't know anybody, or adversely being a high school kid coming out, it mentally can just zap you, right? And you, that's where you see a lot of these highly touted kids that just fall off. And they don't have that mental release. And for a lot of these kids, as you, as you said, you know, you're nervous to talk to those people. And, uh, you know, you see it in all levels of baseball. 
whether it be international pro or in the United States. And it's an unfortunate part of the culture. That's why I really think what you guys are doing. And, you know, as you just said right there, of course, there are going to be guys that are comfortable talking within the organization, but for the ones that maybe don't feel that comfort, but you guys having a mental element, I think that help, that's going to help immensely too. That's huge. Yeah. And so that aspect just makes people understand that maybe the, maybe the guys understand that we just want them to succeed. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and guys, there used to be a stigma a year ago. You'd say, Hey, sign up for more than baseball. You have access to all of these things. And they go, no, I don't, I don't feel comfortable with that. I, I'd rather just do it the old fashioned way. Yeah, right. I'd rather, uh, like, how am I supposed to trust you? How am I supposed to have So we had to like prove ourselves as mm-hmm. people in this space to be a tool for guys. Pandemic hits, guys get laid off. Um, we start bringing money in. We start to give the grants out. Guys go, so you're going to give me free money and you're going to give me all this stuff for free because you want me to succeed at baseball. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I can go to bed at night knowing I'm making sure that someone like me can maximize his potential on a baseball field. Mm -hmm. And the shut up and dribble people, I, I don't even care because that's, that's the, that's the infinite versus finite mindset of minor league baseball and, and mm-hmm. being in a space like this that helps support people who, um, if they succeed, cool. If they succeed, they're going to be wealthy. And if they don't succeed, they have nothing. And so your trade off is go and play minor league baseball and have nothing and then potentially make the major leagues and have everything. Right. So what's in it for me? as someone or what's in it for our organization or what's in it for people who support minor leaguers who adopt the 500 people who have adopted minor leaguers what's in it for them i think it's the intrinsic love of baseball Mm -hmm. i think and that's not that's not finite that's not winning and losing we don't have competition like there are other people in the space that do this and we want to work collaboratively because you know like milb advocates is an awesome example of that Right. They're awesome, amazing people that are doing it for the right reasons. And so we can't compete for things in this space because that's just not going to be helpful for the space. Mm-hmm. We have to look at it as what can we do collectively to make baseball the best environment possible? And there's no winning and losing in that. There are daily wins and losses. Oh, this person didn't do this, this didn't, you know, whatever. But the infinite versus finite game of being here is. I want to make baseball a, an amazing place to play from the youth level to, to the professional level. I want every athlete that comes into the more than baseball, we're going to open up a, a baseball academy, the mm-hmm. Grinders Baseball Academy, right? Yeah. It's a freaking awesome name. <laughs> I love that. Okay. But to give guys that ability, players of all ages, you know, girls and boys, the opportunity to find a love for baseball and in an environment that makes it possible to do that. Mm-hmm. That's ultimately going to make them happier, their communities happier. And baseball can be that tool to bring people happiness. Yeah. And, and I love that I can sell as a, for a living. I love that I can sell that, that idea. Right. And it's important for me to continue to convey that. Uh, because I can convey it in the wrong way. Mm. I can convey it and get people turned off about the idea. And we wouldn't have gotten this far if 
we were trying to um, change people's minds. Of course. You know what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. understanding that concept is basically reshaped my whole thought on sales, yep. on, on that business aspect of it. Because we're, we're trying to run a successful business and our successful business is getting everyone to love baseball. Yeah. And I can't be happier with the decisions we've made <laughs> and, yeah, and sure. my thoughts and my thoughts on that. Um, you know, and, and I, and I only hope to be that place mm-hmm. um, in baseball. And I think, and I think people know what we're doing and they know who we are and we have the pulse of an and pulse of baseball and people nationally know us and, and every publication they've written about us. And, and it's and the same thing every single time. These guys are people, they have families, they have lives. Yes, they play professional baseball, mm-hmm. but we have to make sure baseball is the best environment possible for them to succeed. And right. they'll succeed on and off the field because of that. Was this an idea that you kind of created while you were playing or was it after your injury that you were like, all right, you know what, this is going to become my passion. Like what was the moment that you decided this is the direction I'm going to go with this? When I was playing, we, like I had mentioned, I had to, I sent emails to companies about getting beef jerky and bread and peanut butter. And within two weeks, I had stocked up our like break room from, from not maybe like the crumbs everywhere bar, you know what I'm talking about? The nature Valley bar. Yeah, yes. Yes. Um, from that to just so much stuff. And in my head, I'm like, we got to tell the story. Right. We got to, like I was trying to make a documentary when I was there. I didn't okay. want to film while I was playing. That's a risky yeah. adventure for sure. It's risky. It's mm-hmm. look at, look at my, look at where I'm living. That's yeah. not good. Yeah. But when, when I look back at what I thought at the time, like I was, I was mad that I had to buy my own bats. Yeah. I was mad that I had to buy my own love. And instead of being mad, I should have found just with the beef jerky or the peanut butter or whatever opportunities to, um, you know, have find affordable equipment. Yeah. And so that was the first thing. So when we first started, it was, we have to provide, affordable housing, food, and equipment for players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that can mean purchasing it for them, getting it donated to us. That can mean um, getting guys access to that. And by getting guys access, we can just create partnerships. Right. And so like my, I would hope, I would love for Dick Sporting Goods yeah. to, to partner with more than baseball. I would love for all of these companies in this space to partner with more than baseball because instead of saying, major league baseball, give these guys equipment. It's let's work with Dick Sporting Goods, not in spite of major league baseball, because we know that if we want something done right, we can just do it ourselves. And we found success because we have the ability to um, make connections and reach out and build partnerships. And um, people go, Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Let me, let me work with that. Like I can, I can do that for sure. Wait, I gotta have access to players for this, this trade off. Yeah, sure. Um, and that's no animosity because when I go to major league teams and I say, we've built this entire environment for them. Do you want to work with us? 
right? Everything's in place already. All you got to do is just give the go ahead. Well, what's yeah. the value to me? Well, your guy's going to be able to focus more on his performance and his development for, for this trade off. Mm-hmm. Uh, people go, oh, that's a good idea. They got to run it up the chain. Yeah. You know, as, as with everything. Yeah, of course. But I, I think that for, for us to continue to be successful, it's, it's kind of building those relationships and partnerships so that if I, when I look back at my time playing, I know that would have helped me. Right. And so, so every player sees the struggle, first rounder or not. Yeah. Right. Just on a different level, for sure. On a different level, but they, every major leaguer goes through the minor leagues. Mr. Pete Cavilla or your, I'm trying to think of guys who skipped minor league there, baseball. There's a, rare, there's a rare list, yeah. Even fucking Ted Williams played in minor league baseball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so every, everyone sees it. Yeah. Does silence mean complacency in this point? No, because mm-hmm. these guys have to focus on what makes them successful, and they can't go, hey, you know, this guy doesn't have food. You know, you know I got to go help him. It's... I'm more fortunate than that guy. Right. And so be it. You know, like when, you know, when, when big leaders come down to minor league to rehab or to, um, you know, to, to practice, whatever, if they are big leaguers, the expectation is that they buy the spread that night. Right. $2,000 to feed, you know, whatever. Yeah. We would want, we have the ability now to, for big leaguers to come down. And a spread is great. You know what else is great? Paying the dues. Because I had to pay 100 bucks a month in dues. Yeah, locker room fees. Yeah. Right, because I had to pay for the, the bat boy. And I had to yeah. pay for that. So I'm, making, I'm already making $200 a week. Mm-hmm. And 100 of that goes to, well, 250. I was making like $1,100 a month right. before taxes, yeah. before housing food equipment. <laughs> and then I have to give $100 to my clubby at home, by the way, because then I had to give dues to guys on the road. And so yeah. dues were like $50 per, per road trip. Yeah. So I'm losing money left and right. I want a major leaguer to go, hey, you know, I, I, I want to get you guys out back steakhouse, but I feel like you guys uh, could use your whole dues for the season paid for or your whole dues for the month while I'm here or right. the whole dues for the week. That goes longer than some dry steak and a baked potato. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it's more impact for sure. And it's not even asking guys to do that. It's showing that it's possible to do that. Right. We have a couple major leaguers who have gone through Adopt a Minor Leaguer, the Adopt a Minor Leaguer program. Mm-hmm. Uh, some big leaguers have personally supported and sponsored minor leaguers. Doesn't mean these minor leaguers are going to get rich. Doesn't mean that it's that information is going to go public. I know who it is, but I don't feel comfortable obviously saying who it is. Of course, but um, these guys are there are major leaguers that know. Mm-hmm. Adam Wainwright gave two hundred fifty thousand dollars. We go. We'd love to promote it. We'd love to say that you gave. We'd love Sam Wainwright gave money. Are we are, is that okay if we use your name? We don't want to use anybody's name unless they give us consent. Yeah, of course. And he goes. He goes. And this is why he's amazing. He goes, if it helps the mission to use my name, by all means. Right. If it doesn't help the mission, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. These guys don't look at it for personal accolades. Shinsu right. Chu, David Price didn't give money through us. They're doing it through their organization. 
Mm-hmm. But Adam Wainwright opened the door for that. Adam Wainwright was the first. Adam Wainwright gave the most. And still people don't know that he gave. Now, Ken Rosenthal did a piece on him, which was freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, but David Price's went national. Oh, he's paying minor leaguers. Yeah. Shinsu Chu's went national. He's paying minor leaguers. Daniel Murphy gives, uh, you know, $100,000. <laughs> and nobody except for the Denver Post wrote about it. Right. You know? And so if more guys here that big name preeminent major leaguers are supporting minor leaguers the Mm -hmm. right way through organizations that are doing it the right way. It's only going to make baseball a more welcoming, inviting place. And you can have the argument, David Price shouldn't be obligated to, to pay minor leaguers. Right. Albert Pujols shouldn't be obligated to pay the salaries of Dominican coaches at the complex. Right but he is. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Murphy was, and David Price was, and Shinsu Chu was, and Adam Wainwright, and the dozens of other major leaguers who see the problem, who give their support, who just want to make baseball a better environment. And I commend them all for doing that. But if Major League Baseball isn't going to support, well, then other people, other people will. Yeah. Right. And so again, like I would love the opportunity to work with major league baseball and the PA mm-hmm. and whoever like to, to build a legitimate structure of support for guys. Right. But right now it's, they're focused on other things and that's fine. And just we're able to work in this space as, as, as this, these practitioners. And so it is what it is, mm-hmm. but it's only showing like if Rob Manfred hears that this mm-hmm. and I, I don't think he would be upset at no. what I've said. I think, go, I think he would say, he just wants baseball to be better. Let's, let's have a conversation. Mm-hmm. What can we do jointly? What can, what can we agree to? What can we whatever? Because right. we do. And, and that's the reason why I'm doing this. It's the reason why Slade and Simon and the team is consistently putting in hours and hours of their time because we know that we're doing what we can to give back to the game. So the baseball gods will be happy and the New York Mets can win a world series. That's pretty much why I'm doing all this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it's definitely, obviously it's been a, you know, an, an adventure for yourself. You said that there was a little bit of resistance, but now that it's picking up steam, I think that, you know, it's only going to help the game and I'll continually grow. If a person wants to donate or a person wants to get more involved, where can they go and uh, get involved with you guys? Yeah, they can, they can go to morethanbaseball.org. Uh, there's a place to give. Uh, there's specific programs that we have set up. So there's a um, Puerto Rico fundraiser where 25% of the funds that go into that fundraiser will go to the local food bank, uh, Banco de Alimentos in Puerto Rico. Um, Pudge supported that. Javier Vasquez, Christian Vasquez, uh, a bunch of other Puerto Rican players have. Uh, there is also... Um, the Dominican one where the Pujols Foundation has partnered with us, again, 25% goes to mm-hmm. their local food banks in Puerto Rico. Uh, we're opening up a Venezuela fund to help minor leaguers and their families in Venezuela. And, uh, you know, Edgardo Alfonso is my manager in Brooklyn. So, you know, we're, we're trying to work with him on, on helping Venezuelan players. Mm-hmm. Um, they can, fans can go to the player grant program. There's an, a way for them to to donate to the general player grant program, uh, but then the general fund uh, just enables us to help these projects grow. Um, and so, 
uh, we're always looking for people or brands or whoever, if they love baseball, just come work with us and we're going to find a place for you uh, mm-hmm. and your niche in helping these guys. And so they can uh, always, you know, send a note through our website. They can email me, Jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y at more than baseball.org. Um, and so again, it's just trying to build the best environment possible with if two people from this hear this and, and go, I, I have the ability to help. Let me do that. Well, we're a place that guys can do that. It's really hard to, to do it on your own. And we're just building a community of, of people wanting baseball to be great. Um, which we should, I think, remember Bryce Harper wore the make it baseball great again. Hat? Of course. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I don't want to <laughs> steal that, but we have to find a way to make something that's yeah. like make baseball fun again, you know, yeah. and make it, uh, because it gives it, it, it's, it's growing. Like the game is still as important as now as it ever was. And so we right. just want it to thrive and be a great place to be. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing the story and truly sharing the mission of what you're talking about for anybody that wants to hear a little bit more behind the scenes of kind of what's going on. You can find Jeremy with the grind podcast. And the last thing I'll leave you with, do you have any particular vision? Let's say, in two years or three years? Do you have a particular vision for every club being involved or would you like to say, what percentage of clubs do you think will be on board with this? Every club. Our goal in in two years is every club uses us as that external evaluator, auditor that helps teams fill in holes of their player development. Mm-hmm. Basically has us on call to help them with things that they need. Um, we want to have every single player mandated that they join more than baseball as they get drafted. We want to do rookie symposiums. We want to go into every single uh, spring training clubhouse and talk to our guys about the resources we have available for them. Uh, and then we want to open up a facility in Tampa and in Scottsdale uh, where I am. And um, we want to make sure that a, our, our youth players have a place to play. A place, a cage to go to that's affordable, that's um, in a good location, that uh, can facilitate however many teams that that we have. But uh, where minor leaguers can come back in the off season um, and work and get valuable coaching experience, and that we can have rooms and we can have classrooms and we can teach English and we can do whatever. But to have a facility for guys to go to, um, you know, say they get released in spring training and they don't know what to do, and come to come to Scottsdale, come to the facility. You know, and we can help you set up a life outside of baseball. And so this, that's the, that's the dream, mm-hmm. right? Is to be able to go work every day at a baseball facility that has the more than baseball logo on it. I think that would be something really, really special. Yeah. And I definitely think it's attainable with the momentum you guys got going. I'm really excited to continue seeing it grow. If you guys want to mm-hmm. follow along with Jeremy on his personal pages, you can find him on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Jeremy Wolf. Thank you very much for coming on and being no, you got it, man. with everything. And uh, we'll definitely catch up again and see where everything's at. You got it, man. Thanks so much. Hey, guys. I hope you really enjoyed that interview. Definitely, whether you're a baseball fan or just somebody that really appreciates some of the messages that Jeremy passed along, definitely check out the organization. I think, as you heard in the interview, they're doing some great things. I really think that being able to donate, being able to help out, you're not only helping out a young man but you're also helping out a dream. And I think that's something that all of us can really connect with and something that all of us can really 
get behind. I know that that's an organization that I'm looking forward to be able to continue contributing to or being able to be more involved with. And I definitely appreciate Jeremy again for coming on. And I really hope that all of you guys were able to pull something out of that, whether again, you're a baseball fan or not. I hope you all have a great weekend. I look forward to connecting with all of you again on Monday. I really appreciate all the support so far as the listenership is definitely growing as well as the Instagram and Facebook. And if you haven't already, head on over to Instagram, head on over to Facebook. You can find me at The Limitless Production. Give a like, give a follow, say hello. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on the podcast so far. Maybe if you think the episodes have gotten a little bit better, maybe they've gotten a little bit worse, or what you'd like to see in maybe a segment, a question question and answer segment, or something that you'd love to see. I'd love to know what you guys would like because I'd love to make it all about you guys and being able to help you guys find that limitless possibilities. Again, I know pre the interview, I had talked about checking out the 5am club. It's a great book by Robin Sharma. I will definitely be able to dive into more detail as I progress through it this weekend. And I will definitely, of course, let you guys know my thoughts and feelings. But if you want to check that out, head over to the show notes, check out, check out today's sponsor, Timo Mai, check them out, use the code limitless to be able to save 15% again. Again, I hope you all have a great weekend. You're able to find some mental clarity. You're able to find something that continues you down the road of success, as well as being able to think limitlessly. And as always, I look forward to continuing with you all down the road of limitless possibilities. Thank you.